It's Wednesday, April 22nd, 2020. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable, brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA, and Old State Insurance in Westchester, PA. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight, along with my partner, Jim Chet Chesko. Hey, Chet, this is show number 284 of Philly Press Box Radio, just short of our sixth anniversary. And we have a couple firsts happening tonight. The first first is we are live on Facebook Live via Zoom. And the second first, we have Flyers legend Bernie Perrant joining us for the first time. Right on both counts, Bill. And, oh, because we're practicing social distancing, I think we're about 60 miles apart. Uh, I think I guess it's safe that we can uh, actually not wear a mask, right? So, yeah, no mask tonight. Uh, I mean, heck, I even shaved this morning for our Facebook Live uh, debut. So, yeah. Uh, I think I need a new makeup person, though. But, yeah, here we are, and uh, we're ready for this Facebook Live extravaganza. We're going to have some fun. Yeah, I think so. If nothing else, we're going to give it a whirl anyway. We'll see what happens. <laughs> hey, hey, Jet, besides uh, Bernie Perrant, man, that, that's pretty exciting to have that Hockey Hall of Famer joining us. But besides that, the NFL draft eve, and with everything going on in the world with, with the coronavirus, it seems a bit of an afterthought to me. It, uh, but we're going to get some expert opinion from our good friend Mark Eckle making his annual return back to Philly Press Box Radio. And for those keeping track, and let's be honest, that's just me. Uh, this is going to be Mark's 13th visit to our show over the years. Always great to talk football with Mark Eckel. He's the only guy in, who insists on playing Fast Five, by the way, when he is on with us. So uh, we will do that with Mark as well. Uh, oh, Bill, before I forget, we need to play our Shelter in Place Stay the Hell Home song of the week. And I think a lot of folks can relate to this one. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, I tell you what, I, I can't wait for the day when we can stop playing those songs. Yeah, me too. And I, I think it's still going to be a while. Don't worry. I have a lot more songs. <laughs> I just don't have that many more weeks, I'm afraid. I'm ready to go, ready to break out. I hear you. Before we get rolling, uh, we want to remind our listeners and now viewers that Philly Press Box Radio Sports Trivia will be coming up tonight at 8 p.m. 8.05 start, actually. So we have a little transition between this show and that show, just a couple minutes. Uh, we'll be on my Bill Furman Facebook Live page and uh, – We've been having a lot of fun with that. We're going to go four rounds of 10 questions tonight, Jet. I'll tell you, between your trivia gig and your Raz Room duties, Bill, you're turning into a, some kind of a combination of Monty Hall and Wink Martindale. There's a couple of old references for you. God, we're old. No kidding. A lot of, uh, lot of FaceTime, a little too much FaceTime for me, but is what yeah. it is. So as we mentioned, Bernie Perrant in the opening, uh, you had a chance to sit down with the Flyers legend. Tell us all about that. I hate that we couldn't do that live because I really would have liked to have been part of that, but really cool. I got to meet Bernie about a month, well, two months ago, I guess it's been now. Really cool. Yeah, and I'm wearing my Philly Press Box Radio polo shirt tonight with the orange 
logo in Bernie's honor. Uh, so yeah, as as you know, like all Flyers fans, we're all fans of Bernie Perrault. We all have fond memories of those Stanley Cup winning teams from the 70s, the Broad Street Bullies. Uh, we had Bill Barber on with us. We've had Bob Hound Kelly on a couple of times. Of course, the announcer Lou Nolan several times. Brian Propp's been here from the 80s, and I was really hoping that one day we would get to have Bernie Perrault join us. I've met him seven or eight times over the years, and I never got around to asking him until about a year and a half ago. It was actually January of last year at a Barkan Foundation event, as it turns out. So Bernie was there. I talked to him a bit, talked to his wife, Jeannie. And Jeannie uh, is the one who you know handles all of his bookings and that sort of thing. So we talked about it. She said, yeah, we should be able to do it. And for whatever reason, it just didn't work out time-wise. It took a while. But here we are 15 months later. We have finally made it happen. As a matter of fact, it was uh, last week, Jeannie uh, texted me said, Hey, you want to talk to Bernie in the next day or two? I said, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't join us live, but uh, yeah, we did set it up to talk over the phone and had a great chat with Bernie Perrant. And then I spent a big chunk of my Saturday turning the interview into a video. And I think you're going to like it. This is the finished product. I've met this guy seven or eight times over the years, and I guess I finally twisted his arm enough to convince him to join us here on Philly Pressbox Radio, one of Philadelphia's most beloved athletes, the two-time Stanley Cup champion goaltender and Hall of Famer, Bernie Perrant. Welcome, Bernie. How are you doing today? Ah, not too bad. First of all, Bernie, it's been a very strange spring, to say the least. No sports, no big family get-togethers. How are you and Jeannie doing, and what are you doing during this pandemic? Well, you know... Two ways you could look at this. You know, the the one way it's it's frustrating because, like you said, the the only thing you can c- communicate with people is on the phone. You can't socialize with people. And I think I think there's a message from the good old Lord here to uh, when everything gets back to normal, to have people to socialize more than we used to. You know, it's very very important. Absolutely, I can't wait for that. Hey, Bernie, a lot of your cup-winning teammates, as well as Flyers from the 80s and 90s, ended up making Philly or South Jersey their home and still have a real connection with Flyers fans. Why is that? Well, you know, when you look back, let me uh, quickly take you back in 1967 when the Flyers came to the uh, National Hockey League. I remember that uh, training camp, they brought all the Flyers, they brought us to Philly and put us on the float on Broad Street to um, introduce us to the city. And I think we had more people on the float than we had watching us, you know. So, (laughs) you know, that's a long time ago. But think about this. Seven years later, we won the Stanley Cup and we had two million people. So uh, needless to say, I'm very, very grateful today that I spent 12 years in Philly and played, you know, uh, 12 years National Hockey League in Philly because the best fans in the world, that's for sure. Well, speaking of that parade in 1974, what are your most vivid memories of that parade down Broad Street? Well, you know, each player had the um, individual uh, cars, okay, in that parade, and we didn't have any barriers, so people would jump on the car, you know, give you a drink or whatever, just just the uh, the whole city went crazy. It was just something that you it, it, it's difficult to dream about because it was so it was so powerful, you know, we had we were one big family. You had the Flyers and you had you had the Delaware Valley, you know, Philadelphia and it was just just a, what a what a beautiful time in my life. That's for sure. Any good Fred Sherrill stories you can share with us? Well Fred, yeah, Freddie, first time I met him, 
when I got um, traded back to Philly from uh, Toronto, my God, the 19, oh, was it 1973? He came out first time. I met him, good guy, a great individual. And I met him, shook hands with him, and he said something that was incredible. He said, you know, he said, I don't know anything about goaltending, so you're on your own. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> you had a great leader on your team in Bobby Clark. How good a leader was the captain? Well, Bob definitely was uh, was the leadership that we needed to um, to win those those two uh, Stanley Cups. But one thing you learn when you talk to Bob, he um, goes in that direction too. Is you learn as a young kid, if you want to succeed in life, you have to be surrounded by good people. You know, if you want to win the championship, you have to be surrounded by good players. You look at all professional sports. You know, when they won. The championship, you know, they had that great leadership. And to me, Clark in our days was the best leader. Your general manager back in the day, Keith Allen, once said that you never really felt any pressure. Is that true? Well, it uh, depends how you um, classify uh, pressure. You know, you you have a job to do. You have to do it well. And and I think the pressure, what he was talking about, if there's anything, is, you know, forward makes a mistake. The defenseman could pick him up. Defenseman makes a mistake. The goalie has a chance to um, help him, but uh, as a goalie, you make a mistake, then the red light goes on. So it's a goal. So um, I have learned from when I played in Toronto those two years with uh, Jacques Blanc. You know, learned to um, understand and study the the game of hockey. You know, a left hand shot versus a right hand shot, and how my defenseman would play different situations, stuff like this. So once once you psychologically you get into a game like this, it's not as much pressure as concentrating on on the things that you uh, that got you there. Bernie, I'm sure you watch goaltenders very closely, and the Flyers had a special one in the mid 1980s in Pelly Lindbergh, who of course left us all way too soon. What do you remember about Pelly? Pelly, as we're talking right now, I have two good pictures of Pelly looking. I'm looking at, you know, um, one when he was on the ice and I'm on the bench and talking to him. And the other one, which is, was fantastic. Let me give you a quick little story about this. When I worked with Pelly, I was, I was a goalie coach then. And um, at one year, things weren't going well. So I told Keith Allen, I said, how about if I go spend um, a month with Pelly in the minors? to work out, uh, you know, a few little problems that we have and uh, bring him back up, you know. So so he said, fine. So I spent, I think it was five weeks with him in the minors, riding the bus with him and the whole bit. And we did uh, overcome whatever, a few um, problems that he had. And then the following year, he had a tremendous year. And I'll never forget this because I have that picture here looking at me right now and it was the time to give the awards in toronto i got on the stage and i got the envelope and there were three goalies that could win the uh, vezina trophy right Mm -hmm. and the winner is billy limberg first of all i want to thank uh, my teammates without them this wouldn't be possible but uh, the man I really want to thank tonight is uh, the guy standing to the left of me Bernie Perrault he told me everything I know about to play about talk in America talk to Bernie how about that wow. so 
he came up, and I have that picture I'm looking at it right now. They presenting the trophy to him. It was just, just incredible. Mm-hmm. Of course, the current Flyers goalie seems to be a very good one and potentially a great one. I know you've met him, Carter Hart, and watched him play. How good is Carter Hart now, and how good do you think he's going to become? Well, he's good, good young goalie. My Lord, he's only 21 years old. But I like the situation here in Philly. He uh, shared the duties, maybe a little bit more, with um, Elliot. Now, Hart is 21 years old and Elliot is 35. Okay? Yep. So there's no competition. And this takes me back when I played in, uh, earlier. I said I played in Toronto with uh, Jacques Plant. You know, I was, what, 25, I believe, 24, 25. And Plant was 41 years old and there was no competition. So at one time I did ask him, I said, can you help me understanding the game more? And he said, of course I will. And it's a similar situation we have here in Philly. And when there's no competition like this and the players are helping each other, it's a, it's a beautiful it's a beautiful combination. Now, I think that, that this kid has something that you cannot teach. It's God-given talent. And what he does is his talent, he has the ability to anticipate where the play is going to go, you know, which mm-hmm. is very, very important. So it helps him to be at the right place at the right time. What a great goalie. Don't win the Stanley Cup with him. I hope so. And before the current NHL season got shut down, the Flyers were playing some great hockey, and a lot of people thought they could contend for the Stanley Cup, maybe, you know, win it all. How do you like this current Flyers crew and coach Elaine Vigneault? Oh, awesome, awesome. You know, the, and, and even you start with um, the GM, Fletcher, you know, they're just, um, I, I knew it that well, by the way, Cliff. And they put a, a, a beautiful young team together, young young kids. And they have leadership, too. They have a couple of guys, the older guys, you know, they took that responsibility. And the one, one good thing about the coach, you know, he said one time, which I, I, I think it was awesome, he said, you know, as a human being, he said, I'll be behind you 100% the whole time. But as a hockey player, if you, don't go, if you go out and you don't give 100% on the ice, you're going to sit on the bench. And then this is, uh, you know, so you come up with a statement like this, the players respect you. Then you go out as, as a team and you win. You know, they, they're a good team, you know. They're yeah. well coached. They're well coached, but, the, you know, you, you have to have the players, and they do. That's a shame that this reason has happened because they were, I remember one time during the season, people said, wow, he said, I think we're going to make the playoffs. Then they, they turned around and said, wow, I think they have a good chance to win the Stanley Cup. So that's how well they were playing. Yep. Yep. Hey, if I'm not mistaken, Bernie, the last time you put the pads on was for that alumni game against the Rangers at Citizens Bank Park, New Year's Eve 2011-12. How much fun was that playing in front of 46,000 fans outdoors and hearing that Bernie, Bernie, Bernie chant one more time? Oh, my God. It was, you know, I was so, so grateful I was able to uh, participate. It was only five minutes, by the way. But to be on the ice, to step on the ice, think about this, to step on the ice and to hear the crowd, my God, we had like 45,000 people, yeah. and to hear the crowd and the same feeling I had, you know, that experience at that moment was the same feelings I experienced when I played, for God's sake. It was just, just something that you just cannot buy, you know, just incredible. And then the best part of the whole thing was I said I was going to play just uh, five minutes, and I look at the clock. Right, it was near the end. There was uh, ten seconds left. Then I looked down on the ice again, and here comes Duguay on the breakaway. 
And I said, Lord, what are you doing to me, right? <laughs> and to get shut on my pads on purpose, and then the crowd stood up and cheered, you know, I made the save. And I told him, I said, why did you shoot to hit my pads? Because I knew he hit my pads on purpose. He said, um, <laughs> he said, my God, I don't think I would have left this down alive, for God's sake, if I would have scored. So, uh, <laughs> What a classic guy. That was awesome. That was a great moment for sure. All right, Bernie, uh, as we finish up, I want to play a quick game of Fast Five. I'm going to hit you with five questions, five easy, brief answers from you, okay? Yep. All right. Number one, what opposing player back in the 70s had the hardest or toughest shot? Bobby Hall, 120 miles an hour. Yeah. Uh, Number two, you had some unforgettable teammates back in the day. Which Broad Street bully era teammate was the craziest? Well, I think Dave Schultz, you know, craziest as far as the, it was a great fighter, you know, and a, a great in, individual, but we had a lot of fun with it. Mm-hmm. Number three, your favorite visiting arena to play in? My favorite one was um, New York, New York Rangers, because the crowd, that's what makes a hockey game. The crowd was alive, and it brought the best out of me. Mm-hmm. Number four, is it true, Bernie, that you were a big fan of the Three Stooges? Definitely. I love the Three Stooges. Every every day before a game, at 4 o'clock, I would watch 45 minutes of the Three Stooges, and then I would go to, to uh, the game. The spectrum, when you're happy, beautiful things happen to you. <laughs> Number five, what do you like more, your boat, your new dog, Sophia, or a good cigar? Um, all of it. <laughs> you know, and it's more than just just loving it. It's, uh, I think I think the proper word word to use here is grateful. And when you're grateful in life, beautiful things happen to you. This was loads of fun. Thanks to your lovely wife Jeannie for helping to coordinate this. Stay well, Bernie, and thanks for visiting Philly Press Box Radio. Thank you, and maybe we'll see you down the shore this summer, and I'll get you out on the fishing trip. Okay, my friend. Thank you, Bernie. Thanks. Take care. Hey, Chad. I tell you what, man. That that was awesome. I, I tell you what, great job on the video. It was the the way he was talking about the Pelly Lindbergh thing, and then uh, coming up with that clip of him giving out the award. Awesome, great, great job, great interview. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. I was glad I was able to find that on YouTube. YouTube is a wonderful thing. You can find everything on there, and you know, plus I follow Bernie and Jeannie on Instagram, so I was able to swipe a lot of those old pictures, which was great. I hope Bernie and Jeannie got to see it and uh, enjoyed it. Uh, it was a lot of fun, and Bernie's great. Yeah, oh yeah, classic, classic stuff. Great. Uh, what do they say? Uh, Radio gold, right there, brother. Yeah, thank you. All right. Hey, Jed, let's move on. Let's talk about uh, what's going on over at Allstate. If you're looking for insurance in the tri-state area, we've got the spot for you. Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. We sure do, Bill. And you know, one of the best benefits of having an Allstate insurance policy is getting a local agent, somebody like Dave Lavoy, who is dedicated to you. Uh, building that personal relationship means that you can work with someone who knows you and understands your family and your family's needs, someone you can call when you have questions or need help. Dave is dedicated to protecting what is most important to you and your family. So give Dave a call today. Call him at Allstate in Westchester, Pennsylvania. The phone number is 610-430-0700. Again, 610-430-0700. And hey, Bill, this guy turned 70 years young today. Can you believe that? The great Peter Frampton. How about that? 
Well, I tell you what, Chet, reminds me of a couple times down at uh, JFK Stadium back in the day because I saw him there twice. Yeah, and you know, it was uh, this time in 1976 when Frampton Comes Alive was all over the place. That whole album featuring this song live, Baby, I Love Your Way, and Do You Feel Like We Do, it came out in early 76. And by the spring, by April, it was you know heard everywhere. It became the number one album of the year and still one of the best and uh, best-selling live albums ever recorded. Yep, I was there in uh, June of 76 and June of 77, JFK wow. Stadium, two of the finest concerts you ever would want to see. And I've never seen Peter Frampton solo. Can you believe that? Wow. Wow. Well, hey, Chet, last week we started our five-week series building our own Mount Rushmore affiliate athletes. You took Mike Schmidt. I took Will Chamberlain. Uh, we're picking one a week. If we, we can do the same, and, you know, maybe they'll come out the same. Who knows in the end? But I, I'm, I'm feeling like they're not going to. Uh, but in the end, we're going to get this thing to five. And when we started out by doing the individual teams, we couldn't even get them to five. Now we got to get to five total. So uh, we got our hands full. Uh, are you ready for your number two man? I tell you, it's really, really, really tough. So many great athletes that we've been fortunate to have seen over the last 50 plus years, you know, doing their thing on the field or on the ice or on the hardwood. A lot of great Philly athletes. So, yeah, it is tough. But you get to go first this week, pal. I do get to go first. And uh, and, and remember, the way that we're doing this, just so our viewers know, uh, we're not necessarily putting them in order. Uh, we didn't have to pick our, our number one guy or our number right. five guy and work one way or the other. We're just picking them. And then maybe we'll sort them out at the end of how we would actually rank them. But uh, for now, we're going with our second pick, okay? And uh, yep. I'm going to ta- I'm going to take the easy road again tonight. Uh, Will Chamberlain was the easiest road. I'm going to follow you down last week's road because Mike Schmidt is certainly uh, part of anybody in Philadelphia's Mount Rushmore um, with all his home runs, RBIs, uh, maybe – arguably the greatest third baseman to ever play the game. Uh, it, you know, in Philly, I don't think that's much of a discussion, but outside of Philly, some people might want to beg to differ, but Mike Schmidt is an easy pick for me to go on my Mount Rushmore. Yeah. And I can't blame you right there. And you know what? I didn't know who you were going to pick this week, but since I took Schmidt last week and I had this soundbite handy, I want to hear it again, just because it's so darn good. And we get to hear Harry Callis one more time too. Here's the stretch by Robinson. The 3-0 pitch. Swing and long drive. There it is. Number 500. The career 500th home run for Michael Jack Smith. And the Phillies have regained the lead at Pittsburgh. 8-6. And the Phillies dugout comes swarming out to home plate. There you go. It's no better. If I'd have known you were going to play that again, I'd have got my baseball. It's sitting right over there on the shelf. I'd have, I'd have showed it off a little bit. My served up number 500, Mike Schmidt by Don Robinson. Yeah, you got a lot of great collectible items for sure. And that's that's one of the best. And as you said, even Schmidt, appreciated that. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah, but you don't get many laughs out of Michael Jack, but he laughed and he uh, he asked me where I got it. We had a nice little discussion about about that ball. Awesome. So now it's my turn again, huh? It is. It's your turn. Okay. Well, as you know, I went with Michael Jack Schmidt myself last week, but for week number two, I had a couple of names in mind. And since we had one of the key guys from those 1970s Stanley Cup winning Flyers teams, I decided to go that route and pick a hockey guy. 
Now, I could have taken Bernie. That would have been perfect, but I couldn't. Uh, Bernie is number two on my hockey list. I had to go with the captain of those amazing Flyers Stanley Cup era teams from back in the day. I'm talking, of course, about Robert Earl Clark. Everybody from our era knows just how important he was to those cup winning teams. And, you know, as Bernie mentioned in the interview I had with him, Clarkie was just a terrific leader. He led the league in assists a couple of times. He was a three-time Hart, uh, Hart Trophy winner as MVP. So you can't go wrong picking uh, Bobby Clark. And all these years later, by the way, Bill, some 40 years later, he is still the franchise's all-time leader in both assists and total points. And he's fourth in goals. And he wasn't even a huge goal scorer, but he's still fourth in goals. So Bob Clark is absolutely a Mount Rushmore guy for this Philly sports fan anyway. Well, I don't think you can go wrong with Bobby Clark. Uh, but I will tell you this, Chet. Uh, he said it before in, in many different times. And when I saw him uh, at the local pub about a month or two ago, I asked him the question uh, if it was true that he said the only the only player that team could not do without was Bernie Perron. And, and Bernie said, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely true. So uh, <laughs> Clarky always gave Bernie all you know all the credit, uh, but I think that's kind of the way Bobby Clark was anyway. Certainly a great pick, and uh, so you have Mike Schmidt and Bobby Clark on your Mount Rushmore. I have Wilt Chamberlain and Mike Schmidt on mine. Yep. And hey, by the way, Bill, did you finally cast your vote in that inquiry thing I told you about uh, to determine Philly's greatest athlete? Uh, let me review. They limited it to the four major sports. So they had a field of 64, 16 names in each bracket. And the top seeds were Wilt, Bobby Clark, Mike Schmidt. There you go. The three guys we mentioned. And they had Reggie White ahead of Chuck Bednarik in the football field, which I have a hunch you're going to take issue with. Uh, well, I am going to take issue with that, uh, for sure. Even if you didn't go with Benaric, uh, there are others that I would certainly put ahead of Reggie White. He bailed on us to go play for Mark Eccles Packers. Maybe we can <laughs> when we get him on. We can, uh, in a few minutes, we'll ask him about that too, because, uh, <laughs> Reggie played here, but he won there. So, uh, no, no, he's not getting on my Mount Rushmore ever. But God told him to do it, Bill. Yeah, that's right. Five will always love you. I know. <laughs> all right. So, hey, next week you're up first. We'll do it again. We'll add our third of five. All right? Okay. All right. Sounds good. All right. NFL draft time is upon us. The Eagles have a bunch of holes to fill. The word is the quarterbacks will be taken with three of the first five picks. Um, that's going to make it interesting. And Mark Eckel is going to sort it all out for us. Mark, welcome back to Philly Press Box Radio. Thanks, guys. And let me just clear something up. Reggie uh -oh. didn't bail on the Eagles. Norman Raymond, that wonderful owner that you had yes. in town for about 10 years, didn't want him. <laughs> didn't, even offer him a, didn't even offer him a deal. Wanted the two first-round picks that he was going to get in return, which he turned into those Two superstars, Leonard Renfro and Lester Holmes. Are they on your Mount Rushmore? Either one of those guys make it? No. Uh, <laughs> Thank Reggie you for White, clarifying Reggie, that, Mark. Reggie White is is the greatest player I've ever covered. I didn't cover Ben Derrick. I would put Ben. I, I think Ben Derrick's got to be number one all time Eagle because of he played on a championship team and he played sixty minutes. I mean, my God, it's. It's un I mean, what Ben Eric did is un unbelievable. But Bill just Reggie's does not two. give Reggie the respect that he Reggie's deserves. Number Reggie's number two. Reggie's the second best Eagle of all time. Yeah, there you go. Reggie, uh, is, is Reggie the only player in NFL history to have his number retired by two different teams? I don't know. 
I don't know either. Huh. You're the football writer, Mark. Find that out. <laughs> I used to be. I'm, I'm retired. I'm, you guys don't know. Okay. I, I just come on. I, I work once a year when you call me. <laughs> you you worked enough today for a month. That's true. I did. I did do a lot of work today. But... Yeah, yeah, I made that mistake of putting on Facebook that the, the, one of the worst things about this quarantine is that you can't tell people that you're busy. <laughs> right? I know. It's true. <laughs> people ask you to do something. You can't say, oh, I can't. I'm, I got to go out. No, you can't. You got to stay in. You can't go out or something, right? <laughs> but any time for, for you guys, you know, especially draft. I, I love the NFL draft. You just like uh, Fast Five with Jet. Well, I do. I would do that every week if you ask. <laughs> all right. So listen, Mark. First of all, thanks for uh, coming back and zooming with us. You know, you're going to be wearing right. Attention. You Did are going to be wearing there, Jet. First Zoom. I can't see the shirt. Stand up. Oh, yes. oh look at uh, that! Right. Get the camera on that, man. There you go. Okay. Camera. That is all dressed for the occasion. So, yes, you are our first ever Zoom guest because we had Bernie Perrant on, uh, you know, tape. That was a video. Oh, Bernie wasn't the first. I, what an honor to be on the same show as Bernie Perrant, too, who's one of my favorite. He's, I mean, he was great. He could be on a Mount Rushmore. But, yeah, I, you know, people don't, don't know. I covered hockey for four years. It was Aunt Bernie was gone by then, but Bernie was around. Really? I, I covered Mike Keenan's Flyers. I, Keenan, I, I, all four years he was there, I was there. But, um, how about that? How about that? Um, well, just two Stanley Cup finals, by the way. Um, but Bernie is one of my favorite people. Yeah. I've never been around. Just a wonderful person. Great guy. I mean, just, and one of the, I mean, um, you know, you could argue him as the greatest flyer. I mean, Clark. I think everybody was, who has met Bernie would say that same thing, but Hey, we're, we're here to talk football, Mark. And, uh, we're going to focus on the team that you used to cover, okay, okay. for 32 years or something. Not the Flyers, the Eagles, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, right. They're, they're obviously in need of a wide receiver. Uh, a lot of people think that's what they will do in the very first round. They currently have pick number 21. They might move up. They might trade back. Uh, how do you rank the top four or five wideouts that are available in this draft? And do you think the Birds will go that route for sure? I, nothing's for sure in this world, yeah. but it, I'm pretty sure. I mean, they almost have to. And I also think they could stay at 21 and get a really good one. Yeah. See, I'm, my list isn't the same as everybody else's. It starts out the same. Lamb and Judy are one and one A. You depends what you like. It's, you know, that's why there's different flavors of ice cream, right? I mean, but they're both very good. I think they're by far the top two. I don't have rugs in my top five. I know oh, everyone really? loves them. And I'm an Alabama fan. You know I'm an Alabama fan. Yes. He was the third best receiver at Alabama. He he went against Bad corner. He just beat a bunch of bad. Now, can he run? Sure, he can run. But so could Darius Hayward Bay. So could Ted Ginn Jr. I'm not saying it's going to be that bad. I just, I, I'm not the biggest. I don't think Ruggs is going to be great. I really don't. Can I, I, can I interrupt you, Mark? Sorry, because guys. your buddy, Ray Dinger, has been. I know this is the greatest player to ever play. Yeah. I know. I know. Ray and Dinger. Ray and I, here's what Ray had to say today. I, I was on a, I did a podcast earlier today. Earlier today. Now, here you go. I think uh, you'd have to trade up to 12 or 13, but you could get him. That's what I would do. I mean, to me, Ruggs is the best guy. To me, Ruggs is the best fit. And uh, if I were them, I would. that's what I would do. I would put together, I think your one and your three would probably do it. And if they came, away, if they came away with Henry Ruggs, I think they'd be very happy. Why would Mark Eckel, if you were an Eagles fan, not be happy with Ruggs? He's not a, I don't think he's that good. I think he's okay. He was the third best receiver on his college team. That's all I'm going to say about that. All right, and that's my team. That's my. I'm not. You know, I'm. I'm. I'm, 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 I'm 
I, I think I nothing against Ray, but I think I've saw I, I'm pretty sure I saw more Alabama games than Ray did. And Ray's also and I love Ray. You, you know I love Ray. He's wrong. A one and a three is not going to get him from twenty one to eleven. It's going to be a one and two and a, look at the look at the um the, the draft value chart. It's a one and two and maybe a five or six or something. It's, it, okay. Like, I would not trade up if I was the Eagles. I would not trade up. I'd sit at twenty one and I would take a guy that's going to be better than Ruggs, and that's Jalen Rieger of TCU. But that's what I was going to say to you, Mark, that the second level of guys they're talking about, oh, second level, four, five, six, Jefferson, Rager, Mims, that, that bunch, uh, much step down from the first three to that three if you if you had rugs at three? I don't know. Here's the thing. Look it up. Do, do a little history here. Look at, the re, look at receivers over the last five, six, ten NFL drafts. Who was the best receiver last year? Metcalf. Went the bottom of the second round to Seattle. Six of them went went before him. He was better than all of them. It's rare that the best receiver is the first one. It's just rare. It, it, it happened when way, way, way back when Julio Jones and A.J. Green went one two. And that's like the last time I, I did a story about this. That's the last time that the best receivers were the first two taken. I mean, it just it doesn't work out. It, it, receivers, you can get them. I mean, I'll go back to, to an Eagle draft back in 89, I think it was, 90. What Buddy Ryan years? One of those years, they took Mike Bellamy. They took three receivers in their first four picks. They took Mike Bellamy from Illinois, Freddie Barnett, a former guest of yours, I, I believe, yep. from Arkansas State, and Calvin Williams out of Purdue. And in that order, yeah. Bellamy was a bust. He got cut after a year. Barnett turned out to be a very good player, and Williams, pretty good player too. That's what I would do if I'm the Eagles this year. I might, I would take one in the first round. I'd, I'd come back and get another one in the third round, and maybe another one in the fourth round. And there's enough of them. There's plenty of them. Mark, I, I have a question for you regarding uh, last year's draft. With our Sega Whiteside uh, did not fare well, at least as a rookie. Uh, do we give up on him, yeah. or is he still in the mix? It, what would you think of him coming out? I know Ray again was extremely high on him. There you go. I'll, I'll rest my case then on Ruggs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I didn't like him. I thought he was okay. Uh, I wouldn't have taken him in this. I would not have taken him where the Eagles did. I was, I'm on the record as saying I didn't think that was a great pick when they made it. But I wouldn't – you can't give up on him. I mean, and I don't – again, I don't think he'll be a star by any means. I think he'll be better than he was. I mean, he was a non-factor last year. I, I think he'll be a, a quality backup type receiver for them. Hey, Mark, uh, I have Carson Wentz right here with me. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to ask you, he's had some injuries, of course, but how would you assess his development so far? And what do you look for from Wentz over the next couple of years? Well, he's got, like you said, the injuries are, are the factor to me. I mean, he did play, he was healthy um, last year, which was good. He's a, I mean, he's a top, I'm not going to say top five quarterback yet, he has, the, he has the potential over the next three years to be a top five quarterback. Um, I mean, he does a lot of things well. He cre- he creates plays. I love the way he 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 makes not he makes something out of nothing a lot. And he, last year he kind of had to because he didn't have a lot around him. Um, I know Carson. People want to rip Carson Wentz last year, and I'm I'm not there like you guys are now. So I, I I read it or I hear it, whatever. He's the least Carson Wentz is. If you list Eagles problems. He's on the bottom of that list. Of my, <laughs> he's the least of their worries, in my opinion. I think you know they're fine there. Carson Wentz is fine. Well, I always I always worry about that offensive line, Mark. Uh, Jason Peters is gone. Uh, Vitae's gone. Um, Kelsey is back, but he's getting a little bit older. 
Um, Lane Johnson's not getting any younger, and he's starting to get nicked up a little bit from time to time. Um, time to start digging in and building some more depth on that offensive line? Well, you could always use depth on an offensive line. They, they, they like Dillard, obviously, and, and, and he's going to start at left tackle. That's why they took him last year. And, and he's not – I like Dillard. I, I liked him coming out last year. But, again, everybody wants to rip him because they, they, they put him on the right side the one game and it was a disaster. But he's not a right tackle. I remember writing about, writing about him last year prior to the draft saying, if you need a left tackle, he's your guy. That's what he is. He's a left tackle. So I think, I think they're okay there. Now they just gave Lane a new contract, so he's not he's gonna be around for a little while. Yep. Um they probably need to get Kelsey's re- replacement on the on the roster sooner than later. Um guard, yeah, they could probably use a little oh, do they do they like that kid that they took that what's his name? Um Poyer or Poyer, uh, I don't know, I don't know his name. I don't know. It begins with a P. He, they they drafted him like in a fifth round. I can see them that's another reason why I don't want to trade up. They need they only have eight picks. Because they, they had two, they had ten. They gave up two for Darius Slay. Not a bad trade, though. Um, I'm not giving up a lot of picks to go up and get a wide receiver. I'm just not. Hey, Mark, I know you like SEC guys. So uh, Joe Burrow, he's going to presumably be taken first overall by the Bengals. How's he going to do in the pros? If the Bengals put people, I mean, he had a great cast at LSU. Yeah. He really did. He had good receivers, a good line, a great running back. Um, I think Burrow, I, I don't. I'm, I'm not going to go on a limb and say he's going to be a superstar because it's hard. You don't know, but no, I mean he's not going to be bad. He's he's too talented to be a bad court. He's not Ryan Leaf, but I don't know if he's Peyton Manning either. So the Bengals are going to have to help him, and he, he does. He's going to a quarterback friendly coach in Zach Taylor. So that, that's that's a good start. He's not going to a defensive guy that's going to ignore. You know, so we'll see. I mean, I, if I was the Bengals, I wouldn't take him. Really. I would I would sign I would sign Winston or, or Cam Newton and take Chase Young. Chase Young is the best player in the draft, in my opinion. Well, what about the rumor about three of the five, top five picks being quarterbacks? Are you what do you think about that? How about five? I think three to top six. I don't know about five. Um, depends if you're straight. Depends on if the Giants straight out. You know, I don't know. I mean, I don't like Herbert at all. I'm, I'm put me on the record there. I don't. I think he could be the bust. And Tua, again, I'm an Alabama guy, but don't you worry about it. I mean, you worry about you talk about Carson Wentz being injured. I mean, Tua's got some some red flags with the injuries, and he's not a big man, and he and he takes those hits. He's Tua's going to have to be reined in by whoever takes him and tell him, listen, you know, this is the NFL. These guys hit a little bit harder than they do at Mississippi State, or you know, <laughs> it, it's I don't I, I don't know how long Tua's going to last in this league if he doesn't change his style a little bit. Hey, Mark, you sometimes take shots at my alma mater, Penn State. Uh, but I want to ask you, do you have any kind of opinion on either K.J. Hamler, the wide receiver, or uh, Itor Gross Matos in terms of how good they're going to be in the pros? I don't like Hamlin at all. I really don't. Not because he went to Penn State, just too small. Yeah, he's a, a gadget-type guy maybe. I wouldn't take him early because yeah, I think I think he's a gadget guy. You know, use him a lot of different ways. But you get him in the third, fourth round, it, there's, there's nothing wrong with right. that. But, I hear people saying take him in the first round. Now that'd be a mistake. Matos, pretty good pass rusher. Um, I think that's what he is. I don't. Again, I don't know if he's an every down player. I think he'll go first round though. I think he goes bottom first round. Seattle maybe. Well, hey Mark, you mentioned uh, the Darius Slay move uh, earlier. How do you assess the moves that they did make in free agency? And uh, you think they're a better team now with the with the guys that are gone versus the guys they brought in? 
or are they better? Um, I don't think they're better. I don't think they're any worse. Uh, that, but that's what the drafts were. The draft is what gets you better. I mean, they they lost. I mean, Slay will be an upgrade over what they had at corner for sure. Um, but they lost Malcolm Jenkins. That's you know that's they're not as good as safety. So that, that's almost a wash if they're right. Uh, if you if you look at the entire defensive backfield, it's probably probably not better to be honest with you. Um, they didn't do anything on wide receivers, so they're no better there. Dillard, I think Dillard. I think I like him. I do. I like Andre Dillard. I think he could be a good player. Now he's he's filling some really big shoes. I mean, right? Jason Peter is pretty pretty darn good for a long time, but it was time for a changer. I don't I don't rip them for letting Peters go. I mean, they had to cut the court eventually. Um, what else? Who else did they lose? I'm trying to think. Did they lose anybody else? They lost Journey and they replaced him. Yeah, that's that. That's they probably did did better there. Hargrave's probably better than, than they have no linebackers. They never do. That's because they don't. They don't think it's important. Right. Uh, only some of the greatest players in the team history have been linebackers, like Bergie, Benaric, uh, Trotter, uh, Seth Joyner. Yeah. But yep. you know, we don't. We don't need linebackers. We'll go with those three: Larry Curley and Moder linebacker, and see what happens. I don't understand. I never did. Hey, Mark, I got to ask you, you covered him your entire time in Philadelphia, so fess up. Were you happy to see Andy <laughs> Reid finally win that Super Bowl this past February? No. No, <laughs> I, I, don't like, I don't like him. He don't like me. I'm just, that's going to change. I'm, What's the problem there? Ask him. <laughs> it, wasn't my, it wasn't on my end. I guess he didn't like, he didn't like writers that, that, that didn't suck up to him. Uh, well, hey, speak, speaking of moves, what about Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski ended up in wow. That's uh, down your way, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they got to be going crazy in Tampa right now. Yeah, absolutely. Quite a surprise. They got weapons down there now. That's that. If Brady now, again, eventually he's going to realize he's too old to play, right? But until he does that, that Tampa team could be really, really good. I mean. They weren't far off with Winston, except Winston kept throwing the ball to the other team down the stretch, and uh, they were close to making the playoffs. I mean, they, yeah, they. Uh, that's a good team. That's, I mean, they, that's. <laughs> who'd, ever, who'd ever thought that? I didn't think you. I, I didn't. I didn't think Brady was going back to New England because the longer it went, once he didn't, if, if, the fact he didn't resign with them, like right away or even during the season, I kept saying there's something up there. He's not going back, but Tampa wasn't. One of my teams I thought he was going to go. I thought he might go to, to the Chargers. I thought he right. might go to Tennessee to be with his boy Vrabel. But then Tampa came out of nowhere, and now Gronk comes back. I mean, Gronk, I mean, people forget Gronk's really, really good. <laughs> I mean, that that's – and they got – and like they said, their wide receivers aren't, aren't bad to begin with. That's going to be an interesting team to watch. And then if I'm the New Orleans Saints, I'm a little worried. I mean, the Saints kind of had that division kind of wrapped up until all this happened. Now they're like, wait a minute. Right. Right. Hey, Mark, I, I know it's uh, April. We don't even know what the situation is going to be in terms of football this year. But right now, uh, is it the Eagles? Is it the Cowboys? Who's the team to beat in the NFC East? It's those two. I mean, let's see what happens in the draft. I would say they're even right now in terms of talent and, and pro projections. I, I mean, Dallas took a big, I, I think, and I'm not because, he, you know, I think Mike McCarthy is a pretty good coach. Yeah. I think it was an upgrade from Jason Garrett. Matter of fact, I think all three teams in the NFC East, other than the Eagles, who kept Doug Peterson, obviously, but all three upgraded their head coaches. I think Ron Rivera is a huge upgrade over Jay Gruden. I'm, I'm a big Ron, Ron Rivera fan. Uh, and I think, like I said, I think Mike McCarthy is better than 
uh, Jason Garrett and Joe Judge. We don't know much about, but he can't be worse than Pat Shermer, can he? Uh, well, hey, Mark, we're we're going to run out of time, so we've got to have that round of fast five with I'm you. Ready. I'm ready. You can make he, look at look, he, panel straight. This <laughs> he wants some of that. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, all right. Fast five. You know the deal. I hit you with five questions. You give me five wonderful answers. Let's start off with this right. one. Uh, number one, what sort of grade would you give Howie Roseman as a talent evaluator? C. Okay. Uh, talent evaluator, C. Okay. Number we two. Took Danny Watkins in the first round, Chat. We can't forget things. Go ahead. <laughs> That wasn't his pick, was it? Come on. He was general manager. I don't know. All right. Number two, true or false? I think you alluded to this earlier. Ohio State edge rusher uh, Chase Young, is he the surest thing in terms of can't miss guys in this year's draft? Absolutely. Absolutely. He's not He's not as good as Bosa, but he's, he's the best player in, in this draft. All right. Number three, uh, any mid-round sleeper pick football fans should be aware of. Who's going to step out and surprise in your opinion? Ooh, can I give you more than one? Sure. All right, I'm going to give you on offense. I'm going to give you a running back from Appalachian State, Evans, Darrington Evans, running back App State. Write it down. Uh, right. Defensively, I'm going to give you a couple. I'm going to give you Evan Weaver, linebacker from Cal. I'm going to give you Jordan Phillips, the linebacker from LSU. And I don't know if this guy's how far he goes, but the cornerback from Notre Dame, Troy Pride. I like all, all right. three. Number four, uh, the NFL is. Adding another wild card team to the playoff mix starting this season in both conferences. And next year, they're going to add a 17th regular season game. Both good moves, both bad, half and half. What do you think? The first one, I don't, I don't mind it. You know, I, I, I understand, you have to understand why they're doing it. It's about money, right? One more game, one more money, more money, more TV money, more everything. I don't hate that one. And I do like the, that only the number one seed gets a buy. Yeah. Which a little more better on getting, you know, one, that makes being number one real important. So I don't mind that one. No, but the answer to the second part, they didn't need a 17th game. 16 perfect. You. I think 16 is a perfect number. You played the way they did the schedule. It's eight and eight. And eight. No, I don't, I don't like this extra game. I agree on both counts. Number five, uh, you write about the Packers these days, of course. What's the early echo line on this year's Eagles Packers game at Lambeau? <laughs> uh, Packers favored by you want my who who does yeah. what the line's gonna be? Yeah. Well, line, what do you think? What what should it be? Packers by three. Yeah, I don't know if the Eagles can beat them two years in a row out there, so we'll see. Hey, I have a bonus question for oh, you. Bonus question. Uh -oh. I spoke glowingly recently on Facebook about Breaking Bad, one of my all-time <laughs> favorite shows. Where does Breaking Bad rank among uh, the great TV dramas? Me, second. Sopranos? Sopranos, Sopranos, Sopranos one. Here's my I'll, I'll give my the Sopranos one. Breaking Bad 2, The Wire 3. I, I still know. haven't watched The Wire. Can you believe that? I, I, no, I can't believe you. You've watched everything ever. I know. <laughs> I mean, the top three, because I, I trust your opinion on these things. I'm a busy guy. I like The Sopranos and Breaking Bad. Third, I'm not sure. Have you ever watched a show called Peaky Blinders? My wife and daughter actually watched some of it, and they said it was kind of good. I didn't watch it, though. People Because when I tell people my, my top three, they say you have to watch that because it's, it, it's right in that same – Kind of thing. Yeah, and now Ozark like, is all the rage too. I have to watch that. I like. Oh, you haven't seen it? Oh, I like. Yeah. It. Not as good as the top. Didn't make my top three, but it's it's good. Okay. All it's right. Good. Wrap it up, Bill. 
All right. Well, Mark, uh, we appreciate you, as always, taking the time. Maybe we need to do this more than just once a year, though, if we can get you off that balcony down there. Well, as long as we're quarantined, I'm fine. <laughs> maybe come bring me on for hockey season how do you know i'm a hot how do i cover hockey yeah, yeah. but i listen that was a long time ago i i could tell you about uh the the prop pulling in Caroline and uh mark Howe and brad McCrimmon on defense how about that a great team that was nothing wrong with that we uh we had brian prop a few times and he, okay. he was fun, to, fun to listen to and uh, great teams back then rick tockett peter right. zessel one of my favorites rick tockett Peter Zezel, I believe, did I see today was his birth, would have been his birthday. Yeah. Oh, really? How about that? It, it, there, it was funny. I covered that team in it, my first year. It was 85. and that, Nobody thought they were going to be any good. And they wound up going to this cup finals with a bunch of young, unknown guys. I mean, it was, that was, that was as all, of all the things I've covered in my life, that, that covering that team was probably as much fun as any team. Because, it, like, again, anytime you cover a team that nobody thought that much of and they get to the championship, it was, you know, taking on Gretzky's Oilers, that was amazing. Yeah, fun time. All right, Mark. Well, hey, thanks for joining us. We appreciate you taking the time. Let's do it again. Okay, take care, guys. Thanks, All Mark. Right. All right, hey Chet. Let's give a shout out to the PPCC 118 Raz Room. They post great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page, so people can take a chance of winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. They continue to run out great autograph memorabilia for all the Philly teams and more. There are only 21 lines available, so your chances of winning are 1 in 21. Pretty good odds. Check out the Facebook page. Like it or follow it. It's PPCC118RASROOM. That's right. PPCC118RASROOM on Facebook. Yes, sir. All right. And, hey, Chet, uh, wow. Great guest tonight uh, with Bernie and Mark. Fantastic. Uh, so how are you going to top it? Who's coming to Philly Press Box Radio next week? Oh, darn, I lost my notes. Uh, you think I'd remember that, but, uh, oh, okay. I see now. Get a little closer to the camera on your first day. Of, uh... <laughs> <laughs> All right, next week, Bill, the draft is going to be in our rearview mirror, and uh, we're going to talk about how great the Eagles did. Well, hopefully that'll be the case anyway. Uh, don't count on it. Next week, we're going to have a guy who, like Mark Echo did, now covers the Eagles as a beat reporter. He's been here with us a few times. In fact, next week, he's going to become a member of the Five Timers Club on Philly Press Box Radio. He writes for the Daily News and the Inquirer and Inquirer.com and all those things these days. Uh, we're talking about Paul Domowich. Plus, you and I will add another name to our Mount Rushmore of great Philly athletes. And I believe Fred Hugo is going to stop by as well next week to talk about the draft and the Sixers, see what's going on with the NBA. Yeah, well, and uh, speaking of that, Chet, there was a there's a rumor out there. I'll call it a rumor uh, that hockey is talking about starting up in July uh, with limited fans, limited this, limited that. Uh, what do you think about playing hockey in an empty rink? Uh, I don't know. I don't like it. I mean, on the one hand, I'd like to see them finish the season, get into the playoffs, see how the Flyers can do. But it just seems so unfair, you know, to have the teams come back after being off so long and then to ask them to play in front of an empty arena. It doesn't seem right. It's going to be very, very strange if it happens. But on the other hand, I would like to see some hockey. You'd like to see something, right? Yeah, especially with the Flyers playing so well, as we discussed with Bernie. You know, they were a legitimate cup contender the way they were playing right before we all went to hell in a handbasket. Whole new season now. Who knows what you get from, from here on out? Yes, indeed. All right. Well, how about a parting shot for you tonight, Chet? You have one? 
I do indeed. Uh, Bill, ESPN doesn't have the cred that it used to, but it had a very good weekend, even without any live sports to air. On Saturday, it showed 11 straight hours of epic boxing matches, including Hagler Hearns, Tyson Holmes, and all three Ali Frazier bouts. Uh, that was some good TV right there. I watched a little bit of that. Sunday then, as it did earlier in April, there a marathon of Peyton Manning's new show, Peyton's Places, which until recently, until earlier this month, in fact, it had only been available on ESPN+. So I watched about four episodes of that, and I DVR'd another five or six, looking forward to seeing more of that. I think they did 29 or 30 episodes, and I just heard they're probably going to do a second season of that this coming year. So I recommend that. And then, of course, Sunday evening, uh, we finished up with The Last Dance, the first two parts of the 10-part no, we uh, did Jordan thingamajig, the last dance about the Bulls 1997-98 series. We knew how great a player Jordan was. Oh. And this really shows just how passionate a guy he was, how committed, how focused, and the terrific leader he was as well. It's really well done also in terms of how they go back and forth between that final championship season and earlier in Jordan's college and pro career. And there are insightful comments from his teammates, uh, some of his former coaches and others around the NBA. I look forward to seeing the rest of the last dance the next four sunday nights so kudos to espn for a change yeah i'm gonna watch uh i did not watch those jordan shows yet i'm gonna let a few more of them build up and then i'm gonna you know spend a while watching them but i've heard i've heard pretty much nothing but good things about them so far and nothing's gonna change your mind that wilt was better than oh, jordan but that's okay no it's that, still worth watching I hope, I hope the show wasn't meant to change my mind because that's no. just Happen. You know what I mean? Our producer is shaking his head in the background like he has a crazy guy uh, for a father. Yeah, you're right. Well, hey, uh, Chet, for my parting shot, don't forget uh, Philly Press Box Radio, Philly Sports Trivia is going to start here at 8.05, what, about 10 minutes from now? Um, join us for that. It's going to probably be about 45 minutes to an hour tonight because we're going to do four rounds of 10 questions. And instead of because we had our timing issues that we can't fix because it's the Internet, uh, this you now battle against yourself. So we go through 10 questions. We read the questions. You everybody answers and does their thing. And then we come back and we go through those same 10 questions and we give the answers. So uh, then you basically grade yourself on how you did. And it's all for fun just to see uh, what you know about Philly sports. So basically you're challenging yourself. and. Uh, that takes that whole time thing out. It doesn't matter, you know, when you get the question, if your internet's not as fast as the other guy or gotcha. whatever the problems that we were having before. So we're excited about that. And uh, we've done it twice last uh, Sunday and last Wednesday, and it worked out really good. Awesome. Yeah, it's a fun show and uh, a lot of fun for Philly sports fans. A couple of things I didn't get to mention. Um, I wanted to ask Mark about Greedy Williams, the LSU cornerback. For one thing, I just like the name for a cornerback, Greedy Williams. Is that not great? Yeah. I'd love to have a cornerback on my team named Greedy. Uh, secondly, yeah. Yeah, I said absolutely. Okay. And, and secondly, there was a story out yesterday uh, from Jackie McMullen from ESPN that she apparently interviewed Ben Simmons, but the interview was actually a while ago, right about the time he got hurt, that he really wants to shoot threes now, but he needed someone basically to hold him accountable, which sounds like kind of a pot shot at his coach, Brett Brown, for not doing enough to get him to shoot threes. So it was very bizarre. And I'm very curious to see if the NBA does come back. Does that mean that Ben Simmons is actually going to start shooting threes? 
I don't believe it. I ain't buying that whole, I, I haven't seen that story, but I'm not buying that. Ben Simmons makes a quadzillion dollars. If he wants to shoot threes, he's going to shoot threes. Yeah, it, it was a weird story, but uh, I don't know. I mean, I would love to see it happen, but I'm, I'm not going to hold my breath. All right. Anything else before we wrap it up? I, I got nothing. Wrap it up. Get ready for trivia. You got it. Let's thank tonight's special guest, Bernie Perrant, Mark Echo, our sponsors, the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com, PPCC 118 Razroom, Dave LaVoy of Allstate Insurance in Westchester, and our producer tonight, Billy Furman. We appreciate your For Jim Chechesko, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Wednesday, April 29th at 7 p.m. You can see us live on Facebook or listen to our website, phillypressboxradio.com, on blogtalkradio.com slash phillypressboxradio, and on a variety, a variety of apps out there. So, hi, hopes, Philadelphia sports fans, and stay safe. Go Birds. 